today about becoming an agent of God. Now, have any of you ever watched any sort of movie or TV series about special agents? Maybe you might have heard about them, but does everyone in the room know what a special agent is? Yeah? Okay. Maxwell Smart. Maxwell Smart. There's been a lot of them. Uh, a special agent is someone who is highly trained in a, in a specialised field to go in on behalf of their country or nation or organisation and they're to do something uh, to make a way for that organisation or that nation or that army to have more effect and take more ground. A special agent is an amazing call. But I believe every one of you in this room today are called to be a special agent in the kingdom of God. So I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. And um, I'm, I'm just want to tell you today, I, I believe there's going to be a lot of people delivered of, um, of spirits of fear, timidity, and rejection. So um, as we go on, um, I'm going after this thing because when we were in worship, God showed me some stuff that I need to teach you and tell you because he wants you free because he has a job for you to do. You are an agent of God. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, sorry, chapter 4. And um, we're going to start in verse 1 and go through to 6. And, and we'll continue from there. All right. So I just feel I'm supposed to pray, so just give me a moment. Father God, I thank you for coming with the Holy Spirit of fire and anointing. And Lord, for breaking every yoke in the room today. Lord, I'm asking that you would hide me in Christ and that, Lord, your word and your word alone would be what the hearers hear. And may they hear and receive your word, that they may bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Ephesians 4, and we're going to start in verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul writing this letter, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Okay. Before we get into the walking worthy part, what I want to focus on is it doesn't say walk worthy of the calling, which maybe you might have been called. He says walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. You were called. You, you, you were called. You were called. When did you hear his call? How many of you heard his call and have been following him for 20 years? Put your hand up if you've been following him for 20 years. What about 30 years? Any of you following him for 30 years? What about some of you who's been following him for, for two years? Yeah? How about two days? <laughs> The fact is, we hear his call. And he doesn't just call us. 
You know, when um, uh, at right now, I don't know if, if um, you're all aware of this, but did you know in um, England and Britain, in the United States, they're already beginning to call up their reserves in the armies, and they're also beginning to to draft and enlist new people to come into the army because there's the rumblings of war with what's happening in Israel. Well, today I felt like God said in the spirit, today I am drafting new people into the army of God. And, and he is calling us. All of his soldiers are being drafted and called right now for special ops training. And so he is calling us. We have a calling. And he says, I beseech you to walk worthy of it. Well, how would a soldier walk worthy of their calling? What, what do, what do, what, when you think of a soldier, what kind of lifestyle do you think of? Discipline. Yeah, definitely. Um, getting up early. Does that apply to soldiers? <laughs> <laughs> How many of you like getting up early? How many like getting up early? Yeah? You actually enjoy it? How many of you get up early but you don't like it? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think there's something about getting up early and getting straight into the presence of God and getting your command for the day getting your direction for the day, getting your fresh bread, getting your supplies from heaven, finding out what is he commissioning you to do today. Every day the soldiers take their orders. So, you know, a soldier might sit there and think, oh, well, I would like to be posted over there and I'd really like to do this. But they don't really get to do what they like to do. They get to do what they're commissioned and told to do and sent to do. And, and that's because the one who is ranking them has been in the room where they've discussed the battle plan and he knows the bigger picture. And so he says, I need you today to go here and accomplish this. Not because, um, you know, oh, he doesn't want to listen to what that person's saying, because he knows the overall battle plan and so he's positioning each one where they need to be for the right outcome. So here it says, walk worthy of the calling with which you're called. Uh, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Now, in verse 7, but to each one of us, can you say that? Because I really want us to get a hold of this today. Each one of us. Say that again. To each one of us was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, I want to jump down to verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the ministry of the Lord, 
Is anyone reading verse 11 with me? Because I just made up a foofy. That's not what it says. Okay? He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for what? The equipping of who? The saints. And now what are the saints being equipped for? What does it say? For the work of the ministry. So the ministry is not the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. The ministry is for every saint. Who are the saints? The children of God. You. All of us. You are all in full-time ministry. And today, I believe, I have been commissioned to equip you for the work of the ministry, for what God has for you. And it says this, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. We need to have our feet firmly rooted in the truth of the Word of God. I'm telling you, it is no longer a day to be swayed by every wind of doctrine. You've got to be rooted and grounded in love. You've got to be in Him. All right. So it talks about the trickery of man. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And so these are the things we don't want to be tossed about anymore. But speaking the truth in love, the church, the saints, the ministers of God may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. <coughs> I don't know what current job description you have, but I am giving you your job description today. You're a builder. You're supposed to build up the body of Christ. Your job is to build one another up and edify one another. That is your job. And it says here, there's two statements. The whole body is joined in it together by what every joint supplies. That tells me that every part of the body is completely necessary because it has something to supply. And then it also says, which every part does its share. You know, I'm quite good at using my mouth. But it, my mouth would make a pretty lousy foot. If I, um, if I don't have every part of my body working as the part it was designed to be, I am deformed. We need, as the body of Christ, for every one of you to be who you were created to be. Today I pray that you no longer leave here feeling like you're supposed to be, uh, let's say, a finger if you're actually a toe. Because how many know an extra finger doesn't help when you're out of balance because you're losing a toe? You need to be complete. So 
just sort of, you might think it doesn't matter if I don't come to church on a Sunday morning. Can I tell you it does? Because every joint supplies something. And, and what if, what if every time you got up and you said, well, right, this morning I'm going to go to Vineyard Christian Church. What if before you even walked in the doors, you said, God, I'm asking you for two things. Give me a word to encourage someone and edify them today and help me to see how I could be a blessing to, to help the body of Christ be edified and built up. If you pray a prayer like that, I guarantee you God will say to you, so-and-so is going to be there today. Go and talk to them. Here's a word for them. Or maybe he'll say, you need to bless them. Give them this. Bring that. Sometimes I have unusual things that I, I feel I'm supposed to give someone something. And it's something I don't know. Will they even want that? But when I give it to them, it was an answer to prayer. It was exactly what they needed. So I'm telling you, you're not just here to sit on a seat and be encouraged. You're here to be an encouragement. So you're supposed to pray as a member of the body of Christ and say, okay, I am part of building up the body. God, who do you want me to bless today? Who can I give a word to? How can I be an encouragement? Now, for some of you, that might be a little bit daunting because you might be like, I don't know how to hear a word from God. Do you know how to read the Bible? Well, here's what you can do. Lord, I'm going to read the scriptures today. Would you highlight something for me that I'm going to need to give to someone else? You may not even know who it is yet, but sometimes, like sometimes exactly what I've read that morning, I will talk to someone later in the day and that's the exact word they need. So God is not just giving you your daily bread for you. He's giving you your daily bread so you've got bread to give to someone else. Mm. So as you're reading the Bible, begin to commit it into your spirit and the Holy Spirit will bring it back to you when you need it. But you are designed as part of the body of Christ to be a builder of the body of Christ. This is what makes us so remarkably different from anybody else in the world. Because in the world, they don't build each other up, they tear each other down. It is a kingdom out there that is full of absolute strife. Everybody against everybody. Everybody wanting to be better than everybody else. Everybody jealous of everybody else. Look, in the kingdom of God, we don't have jealousy. We have so much love for one another that we go, I just want to see you be all you can be. And if I can speak a word of life over you that will help you be what God has called you to be, then what a wonderful tool I have in my hand. Can we go to James chapter 3 on this note? James 3. And uh, we're going to look at, start in verse 1, and I'll just see how far we go. I actually want to read to verse 12 because it, it's it's the whole context of what we're reading. So why don't we just do it? All right, James 3, starting verse 1. My brethren, I guess he's talking to us. Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect, complete whole man, 
able also to bridle the whole body. Now, I wish I could remember who it was I was listening to so I could uh, give them the due for, for what they said, but I actually can't remember. Um, I listen to a lot of, of teaching and in the Word a lot, and so sometimes I just, you know, something someone says just, just jumps out at me and you remember it, but I don't always remember who said Anyway, what he said was, this verse is really amazing. Have you got something in your life that, like, you know, you come to Christ and he, he, he takes you on a journey of sanctification. That, that word simply means the process of change. We're becoming more and more like Jesus. But there's some areas of our life that seem harder to get a victory in than others. Some things just, just change straight away and other things it's like, I'm not going to do that today. And within the first 10 minutes, you've already done it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so, some areas of our life we feel like, oh, I just want to just want to shed another five kilos and you put another five back on instead, or I just want to do this. And he said, if you can get a hold of your mouth and bridle your mouth, it says you'll be able to bridle the whole body. So stop worrying about all those other things you're trying to get victory over. And just have one focus, that your mouth will be arrested, taken captive, and used only for the purposes of speaking life. If we do that, everything else will take care of itself. Because yeah. if you can bridle the tongue, you can actually bridle the whole body. Yeah. It's all in submission. That was a huge revelation for me. We have a thing in our family at the moment where we are encouraging each other every day to speak life. So it doesn't matter, we will catch ourselves so quickly now. <coughs> we might say something and it's not, it's not really life. You know, we're in a culture where there's a lot of death spoken. I mean, our, the younger generation, like my daughter's generation, when I was a kid, if something was great, you'd say, oh, that's cool. Now they say, it's wicked, it's sick, I killed it, I nailed it. It's all death, disease, disorder, disharmony. They want, they, they, they have these words, but what they don't realise is the power of those words. And I'm going to share something right now. I have not shared this publicly uh, ever. Um, but I feel I need to say this. Um, my mum was particularly strong on the power of her words. Um, she would always pray Psalm 91, God's protection over her whenever she went in the car and stuff. But there was an area of my mum's life that she hadn't surrendered her words to the Lord. And it was, it was the things that she would often speak over herself. You know, you may not speak death over other people, but sometimes you can be pretty harsh on yourself. Um, and and even the, the narrative that can go on in your head, oh, I'm so stupid, why would I do that? What happens when you make a mistake? What comes out of your mouth that you're, you're spewing over your own life? And my mum had been um, through a lot of abuse, and so she had been very tormented often in her life. And there was many times that my mum was suicidal. 
And she used to write a note and take off in the car. And the note would say, I'm just going to go out and drive into a tree and kill myself. Thank God he never allowed her to do that. And he would bring her back. And, and my mum was, was um, able to get in, into the presence of the Lord. And, and he would take that anxiety and that whatever was going on for her at that moment. But my mum never repented of those words. And so when she was 59, we got a phone call about 10 o'clock at night to say that my mum had been in a car accident. She had run in, she'd been in the car with dad driving and they had run into a tree and my mum was killed instantly. <coughs> now she had said for many years, I'm just going to drive into a tree and kill myself. And that was the way she ended up dying. A tree had fallen in the, over the road in a great storm. There was no visibility. My dad couldn't see. He came around the corner and he hit the tree. And then it sent him into oncoming traffic and he had a head on as well. And when the, uh, the crash um, forensic police rang us, my sister and I, they said, we can't understand how come your mum had the outcome she had and, and died, and how come your dad is still alive? They said, our studies of the vehicle and the crash and what happened have told us that your dad took the majority of the impact. But do you know what my dad had always said? I'm going to live to 100. I'm going to live to 100. That's what he'd always said. Our words are really powerful because we are created in the image of God. And so he's saying, if you can bridle your tongue, stop it. Stop speaking death. Uh, you know, God will not even allow me to do this in my prayers. I can't say, Lord, so-and-so's got this problem. He won't let me say it. He tells me a scripture to say over them instead that's proclaiming life. So instead of siding with the problem and speaking it out, even in prayer, I don't. I come before him and I say, what's your word? What do you see? What do you say? And then he gives me his word. Now, I don't like, you might have someone in your family that's really stubborn, really against God. Don't go and say, oh, Lord, my whatever it is, my cousin's so stubborn. Say, in the name of Jesus, you take out a heart of stone and you give him a heart of flesh. Lord, I thank you. You're softening his heart. Why? Because your words are your weapons. And when you have the word in your mouth and it becomes your word, it is an unstoppable weapon. So I want to equip you today to be a special agent in the kingdom of God, to use your words as the word of God, as a weapon that will bring down and destroy the darkness around you. Your words are amazing. Look, look what else James says here um, in verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, they are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned by a very small ladder. This is the kingdom of God mentality. Jesus said, you don't need a mountain of faith. You need a mustard seed, and it will move the mountain. You don't need a lot. 
You just need the word of God in your mouth and it will turn an entire ship in the direction it needs to go. One little rudder. Isn't that an incredible thought? It says here, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. we just seen that a lot with all the fires around. <coughs> Sometimes they say all it takes is a spark, and if the ground's dry enough, spark from a slasher, a little thing can devour a lot. But you know what? I see it as the other way as well. What may seem like a small thing, just a word out of your mouth, can bring about such change. It can change an entire nation. Elijah said, it's not going to rain until I say Three and a half years, no dew, no rain. One word out of someone's mouth. Our mouths have to be consecrated to God. As soldiers in the army of God, we have in our soldier training, the very first thing is get a hold of your mouth. You only say what the commander-in-chief says because if you say what he says, then you're going to be partnering on the right side and you're going to be effective. All right. I just want to jump down to verse 9. With it, the tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Let's become a people who speak life all the time, not some of the time, all the time. Okay, I want to go to 1 Corinthians. Actually, I want to go to Psalm 18. We'll just go quickly to Psalm 18, and then I want to do some some praying. Um, This is a really, really cool psalm, talking about being trained up as special agents. I love this. Psalm 18, and we're going to start in verse 28. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. How cool is that? Another translation says, I can run through a troop. If you think about that, have you ever seen an enemy army where one person just runs right through the troop of the opposite army and they don't get hurt? That's that's amazing. By you I can run through a troop By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. 
He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow, a bow of bronze. Why a bow of bronze? Well, bronze is the metal that represents judgment. It was a bronze altar in the tabernacle where the sacrifice for sin was made and judgment came on the animal instead of the people. Bronze is a, is a metal that represents judgment all throughout the Old Testament. So here, God is teaching our arms how to bend a bow of bronze, how to bring judgment to the wicked principalities and powers in the heavenly places. It says, he teaches my hands to make war. Now, I have to give you a demonstration of something. Sorry. I forgot to grab it out. Okay. So this, for those who don't know what this is, which was me about a year ago, um, this is earbuds, earbuds, airpods. See, I don't even know what it is, so I just know how it works. As, well, actually, I actually don't even know how it works. I just know it works. So here we go. Uh, these little things connect to my phone via Bluetooth. So I can listen to the scriptures like this. Oh, it went bing in my ear. And um, I can listen to the word of God in my ear, but I have a feature on this that has noise cancellation. So when I have them both in, I can't hear you. All I can hear is whatever is playing through my phone. I'm completely oblivious. And sometimes if people catch me uh, at work, like the person has been out and they've come home and I don't realise they're home, I can be seeing it away and then I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> this. What did you say? I can't hear anything. It gets a bit embarrassing sometimes. One time I was praying real loudly and I realised I wasn't alone. But anyway... So, so you know what? These, these things are amazing because it, it cancels out any other voice except for one. And it's really cool. I want you to picture this, that, that you've been given a set of these and you're wired to the frequency of the Holy Spirit. And so you can cancel out all other noise and you can just hear what he's saying. And so as you go about your day, he goes, go over there. I'm going to give you a word of knowledge for that person. Go and lay your hands on that one over there. And so you have, you got the secret command center happening. You're hearing the instructions and you're doing it. Nobody else can hear what you're hearing, but you can. <coughs> and this is what I believe he wants to say today. It's going to be crazy in moments. Um, he wants us to tune in to the frequency of heaven. And so I don't hear what you guys, but like the world is saying around me. I just hear his voice, the clear command from heaven. What are we supposed to do? Jesus said our daily job description is to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, to heal the sick. Cleanse the leper, cast out demons, raise the dead. Freely you've received, freely give. That's our job description. So we need to be tuned in to hear, okay, 
Where do you want to use me today? In my workplace. I want you to begin to listen. You'll hear people say to you, oh, my back is so sore. I've just been so, I barely sleep last night. Now you could be on the frequency of going, oh, that's awful. I really feel sorry for you. Or you could be on the frequency of heaven. A message coming through, pray for them. Ask them if you can pray for them. Say to them, sometimes when I pray for people, they get healed. Would you like me to pray for you? I reckon they're going to say yes. And then don't worry about doing the healing. That's God's job. But you just be obedient to what you're told to do as a soldier. You begin to listen to what people say. Oh, I can't stand my mother-in-law. She's always on my back. So annoying. She's coming over for dinner tonight. It's going to be an awful night again. I love mother-in-law, sorry. I'm not against mother-in-laws, I'm just saying. But there are people who are. I don't know if you've ever met anyone. But um, you might hear that, but then what you're hearing is, you know, I used to have all this crazy bitterness in my heart. It made me feel so unwell. So sad all the time. I couldn't think of anything else. And one day I, I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to release them and forgive them so that I can be free. And I feel so much better. Maybe it's time that you bring freedom into your life by forgiving your mother-in-law. That's not what they're going to hear anywhere else. We need to be on the frequency of heaven and speak life and truth. And I'm telling you, we are going to see things that we have only dreamed of and more. All right. I feel I'm supposed to, um, supposed to, I actually got that scripture, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And and what I, what I saw in the spirit was the hot pursuit of God against certain fears and things in, in your lives that he wants to get rid of today for you. So I'm just going to ask the musos if, if they wouldn't mind coming um, back up just to have some, some background music there. But a few days ago when I was in prayer, the Lord showed me something that I have never heard anyone share before. Now, it, you may have, you may have heard this, but it was new to me. Um, so what he said to me, because I've been praying about the, the connection. What, what's the, the story, Lord, with respiratory disorders? So things like uh, asthma, emphysema, chest infections, bronchitis, um, pneumonia. They've been really, really on my mind and I've been praying about it. And I felt like the Lord showed me a connection and I believe today people in this room are going to be healed of those conditions. So if you have any kind of chest condition, I believe you're going to be healed today. So here's the connection. It, it attacks your ability to breathe. And what I felt the Lord was saying was that there's a connection between rejection and your breath. And here's how I come to that conclusion. Um, the word in Hebrew for breath is the same word that we use for the Holy Spirit, ruach. 
ruach, the breath, the life of God. And when God made man, he breathed into him the ruach, the breath of God. And we're supposed to live and breathe with that breath. What that breath did when he breathed into us, and I believe he breathes into each one in the mother's womb, and he breathes his purpose and his calling into you. But what happens is in life, sometimes there can be major rejections, major points of rejection in our lives. Uh, a parent may have rejected you, a sibling may have rejected you, a school teacher, friends. It's usually someone close because if someone you don't care about rejects you, you're like, no. But when it's someone that you care about and they have rejected you, what that does is it says you are not good enough. But yet God says, I breathed into you. I created you. The way I made you is beautiful. And they are rejecting the call of God on your life, of who you're meant to be. And so rejection begins, it's a spirit. I can, I can tell you how I know it's a spirit because I can name some, some symptoms of rejection. And if you've experienced it, it'll be the same for every one of you. And that's how you know something is a spirit. It's got, it's got a motor, a way it operates. And rejection comes and, you know, rejection has a lot of awful roots that then flow off of it. If you're in deep rejection, you can try and control everything around you because you don't want to be rejected and hurt again. If you're in rejection, you often have very low self-esteem. You're quick to believe something negative about yourself. It's like, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's me. But that's not you. And today I am coming after, like one of those bulldogs, you know, with the drool and the <laughs> I am coming after that spirit of rejection because it is limiting you and limiting what God wants to do in you. And, and with that, it's not just the breath, um, also, a spirit of rejection can manifest with all kinds of digestive disorders because you're not being able to process properly in your body because your body is rejecting who it was created to be, what it was created to be. So digestive issues and breath issues are related to a spirit of rejection. We are gonna break that thing today in Jesus' name. So I want you to be brave. If that has been on your life, if you have had severe rejection, or even if it hasn't felt severe, but it is influencing you every day, you don't believe in your um, God-given call or ability very well, you often feel um, limited, you look at other people and go, yeah, well, of course they could do that, but I could never do that. Maybe you feel like, you know, things just keep, cycles just keep happening where things just keep going wrong for you and you feel like, yeah, well, that's just my lot in life. No, it actually isn't. It actually isn't. So it's that bad narrative from that, that evil spirit of rejection that's telling you you're not worth more than that. You are worth more than that. God has enlisted you 
So what I want you to do, if you've, if you've dealt with um, rejection, fear of man, if you're constantly trying to please people, if you're always worried about what other people think, um, I want to break that off today as well. So rejection, fear of man, fear of always trying to please people, fear of not being good enough, not enough, you feel inferior, feelings of inferiority. I'm telling you, they don't belong in your life. So I'm going to ask you to come up the front. I, I asked um, Steve Burgess if he had any special anointing oil he could make for me today. I wanted, I wanted um, frankincense because it's an anti-everything, antiviral, antifungal, antibacterial. And, and I just believe it's going to represent the, the casting away from you of a spirit of rejection and a cleansing. They used to use the frankincense as well to cleanse the showbread in, in the temple. And um, so I've got this special oil um, and I want to anoint you. So if you want to come up the front, just begin to come now. And we're also just the rest of us who, who aren't coming, why don't you begin to enter into worship and prayer? You are part of the body. So why don't you enter in and pray for these people to be set free today? Because I believe the Lord wants to set them completely free. Completely free. No more rejection, no more inferiority, no more feeling like I'm not good enough, I could never make it, I couldn't do those things. That's only for other people. Today, God is saying, I want to set you free. It doesn't matter who rejected you. I'm here to tell you that your Heavenly Father accepts you. That He says, I created you perfectly in my image. And you are different. Yes, you are different by design. Every one of us is different by design. We're not here because we're to be an imitation. We're here as unique models, every single one of us, designed for His purpose. His purpose. Praise your Lord. I'm going to come and, and lay hands on them. Um, Jerry, do you just think, could you just lead everyone in some worship?